Welcome to the Options Millionaire Podcast, where we walk you through the tools, techniques, and strategies we use to become seven-figure traders in the options market. Your hosts are Peter and Travis, founders of the Options Wealth Academy. All right. Hey, welcome everyone to another podcast. This is episode 11 um, of the Options Millionaire Podcast with Peter and Travis. Um, in this episode, we're going to cover why people fail at trading options. Of course, this is an opinion <laughs> based, on, <laughs> based on our observances. And actually, I think for me anyway, it's going to be based more on my actual uh, but you know what's happened to me. Why I failed at trading options. Because I didn't mm. in fact fail. I just never quit. So I don't really chalk it up as a failure. But they're little failures along the way, right? Oh. I thought you were yeah, I, I have my, no I was shaking my head, yeah, but I have myself on mute. Yes. I can't see you because I got my notes in front of you. In front of me. Oh, got you. <laughs> oh, that's right, a good so. one. <laughs> All right, so I will go ahead and start. Um, I'm going to hit my timer because I don't want to wax on too much. So why people fail at trading options. And I'm going to just cover why I did and kind of hopefully pass on some uh, good nuggets of wisdom, although it's sad to say and unfortunate to say that you probably won't learn from my wisdom because I never learned from Travis's. I shouldn't say never, but I rarely learned from Travis's wisdom. Uh, even though he would tell me over and over again, you don't want to do that because I did it and it's not good. And sometimes we just have to um, fall flat on our face to understand, oh yeah, that's why he was saying it. So um, so, so I think that one of the biggest uh, reasons why I failed initially at uh, trading options uh, was because of my expectations. So um, I was, I understood when I watched and started learning about options, I understood the power of options and the ability, um, but I overestimated me. Um, so the the templates and everything worked flawlessly. Um, they worked just as advertised, um, but I didn't work as advertised, right? So I went into it. it I think I, everyone can probably remember this. Whenever you get involved in something for the first time, you're excited for 30 to 90 days. They say you really have to see some type of a result in 90 days. Well, I actually saw results in like the first 30 days. I had profitable trades, albeit paper trading, but it was cool to be able to see that um, in my paper trading account, it was growing. And I think at the end of the first year, um, it was an 18% return, which is unbelievable if you think about it some people will say that's it 18 percent. it's like most people don't average near nine percent so to get an 18 percent return i thought was unbelievable but one of the biggest um issues for me was so that the, the first was not um realizing that it was going to take a lot of work on my end to get me prepared for what options can do uh and that was the second part of it. So th because I saw the power of options and how much money I could make, I then almost relied on it and said, okay, you know, I generated an 18% return. I should be able to do this in my sleep on the second year. And it was not easy at all. And I don't believe I hit that kind of return. I think I was like not even half 
on the second year. The good news is I never lost money and I started to learn more and more that making money trading options was not the most important factor. Uh, it was my risk parameters. And that's still a lesson I learn every day. Um, and and a, a mistake I make, at least on an annual basis, Travis and I were just saying off camera um, that, you know, I used to say, okay, I made that mistake. I'll never do that again. And I've stopped saying that because I just realized that I do. Um, I'm not <laughs> human. I'm always going to make mistakes, number one. And number two, um, we're likely to make a mistake we've made in the past, uh, just not immediately, right? We learned from it, but our, we're wired, especially today, people are wired for such short-term results that they often forget their mistakes short-term as well. Um, so they, they remember the mistake for six to 12 months, and then it goes away, and they make the mistake again 24 months later. So for me, that happened. So I'll just kind of, I think, I can't remember if I talked about this in episode seven, uh, our biggest mistake, but I, I think I talked about how I was chasing, I was selling cash secured puts and I was chasing these premiums. I was selling cash secured puts originally on one of the sector ETFs based on my size account. I couldn't do SPY. So I had to do one of the sector ETFs of SPY. And I can't remember which one it was. It was either XLF or might have been XLE. I can't remember which one. It was either energy or it could have been, um, yeah, I thought it was either energy or financials. It was one of those two. Uh, and the premiums were good. They were they were decent premiums, but I got a tip on this one stock that was the premiums were like two to three times the premiums of the sector ETF. And Travis um, was politely hinting. <laughs> I think at one point he was pretty blunt and I just didn't pick up on it that, hey, Premiums are high for a reason. Premiums are high for a reason. And and I didn't believe it. So, um, or I didn't listen. So anyway, long story short, I ended up getting exercised and um, I was assigned the stock. Well, I told myself, oh, that's okay. I wanted to own the stock, even though I never had plans to own the stock. And then I thought, well, I can just sell cover calls and I'm still making the same income, which is superior to that sector ETF income. Well, the stock ended up falling 66%. So my investment is now down 66% from when I was assigned. I was actually assigned at the all-time high for this stock. And I ended up getting out, not at the absolute bottom, but close to it. Um, and that was the first time I learned how failing at trading options happens. Because the first, the lesson there was when I made the mistake of selling cash-secured puts on the stock, I didn't unwind the mistake. Unwinding the mistake would have been selling uh, when the stock dropped 10% after I got assigned. That would have been unwinding the mistake. I should have sold then, but I didn't. Kept sipping from that hope cocktail, kept telling myself a story that never came true, and I ended up selling at a 66% loss. Um, now, fast forward to 2021, and I've, I've, uh, that the, the mistake was greed and, um, well, number one mistake was greed in there. And you can fast forward to 2021 and the greed bug hit me again. This is why I say, I don't, I don't say, okay, once I make that mistake, I've learned from it and I'll never do it again. Because especially with greed, it, it's such a hard thing to tame. Um, and what happened was 2021, I made a boatload of money trading credit spreads using the strategy we trade. And 
in 2022, the market crashed. And so all my credit spreads tr trades went to 100% loss, which wasn't a problem because I had insurance to cover that. However, the market whipsawed us in and out. We got signals to get back in and then out, in and out. And, and every time I got back in, I would sell another spread in, in essence, increasing my risk. And I ended up being over leveraged on my risk. So the max I was allowed to technically risk is 100%. And I was 110% risk. Um, so the, that was okay, though, believe it or not. It wasn't bad because my insurance actually got to 110% profit. So had I just sold my insurance, I would have cleaned the slate. So I would have wiped out the losses and I would have been at break even, but the greed bug hit me. And I said, God, it got to, my puts got to 105% profit awfully quick. There's no doubt they'll get to 120. So I put in a good till canceled order to sell them at 120 and they got to 110% profit and never got any higher. And then the market recovered and I ended up selling them at a 70% profit and thus in, in, uh, creating a 28% loss on my account. It was actually less than that, but coupled with some of the other things that you lose money on when you're trading in a bear market, um, it, it ended up being a 28% loss overall, uh, which sucked because the market was only a 21% loss. And I was really, um, I was really happy that I could usually beat the market, especially in losses. And I didn't. So, um, and then the, the worst part about all of this is in the model account that I'm modeling for students, I was only at a 3% loss. And the number one reason was I wasn't greedy in the model account and I was following it to the letter and I was greedy in my other account and I wasn't following it to the letter. So I think that's one of the biggest things why people fail at trading options is because they overcompensate their expectations. Um, it, you can make a lot of money trading options. Um, you can use options to protect your investments and not lose a lot of money in a bear market. Um, but it takes work, number one, it takes patience and discipline, number two, and you've got to control the greed factor. And uh, that's something that will always be difficult for me. So um, with that, Travis, uh, that's pretty much it. I think that's why uh, why people fail at trading options. One of many, many reasons people fail. All right. Well, I'm going to take a slightly different direction here. And I'm going to talk about across the board here. Um, and I actually added one. Let's see if I have time to slip it in. I added one based on something you were saying, Peter. First of all, Peter used a lot of buzzwords. I was writing them down. I'm like, oh, he's using all these words we haven't covered yet. Cash care puts, cover calls, credit spreads, insurance. I was like, yeah, we haven't had an episode about the different type of strategies we use. So some people could have been confused. So just know we'll cover those in an eventual episode. Just kind of keep the big picture. Even if you don't understand what those terms mean, just kind of keep the big picture in mind of what he was saying about failure. And then also uh, pay attention to the one point he talked about insurance. A lot of people don't know that you can buy insurance for your stock market portfolio. It's actually been around since the 70s, but very few people know about it. And so we usually insure our entire portfolio. And so uh, it, it dictates how much risk we can take. For example, if you have a hundred grand house, you're not going to buy a hundred grand worth of insurance on it. 
that would not be smart, right? So you you, you pay three hundred grand for a house, you're going to buy three hundred grand worth of insurance. So that's how he knew what level of risk he could take in his portfolio. It's based on his insurance. Now, with that being said, let me move on to my areas of failure. I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going to get through all six. Honestly, could separate it out into their own episode. So I'm just going to give you highlights here. Um, and there's won't. Well, some of them will be about my failures, but it's mainly about the failures I've noticed as a coach. Because as a coach, Peter and I have an unfair advantage in that we get to look inside hundreds of traders' investment accounts. And so we get to see what works and what doesn't work across the board. But here's the good news for you. We get to pass along those secrets to you without violating the privacy of our clients, Right. And so what Peter and I noticed, and I used to do these surveys every few years just to check up on everybody. And Peter and then Peter now Peter sees it in the members area in the comment section. And what we've noticed and what we ask is we notice there are more in our members area, right? Just specifically talking about the Options Wealth Academy. There are more success stories and failure stories, right? And that's because Peter and I, I can't speak for Peter, but I I, I'm, I'm going to speak for him. <laughs> he can tell me if he disagrees, but we are obsessive and fanatical about removing roadblocks that people face, right? We break the strategies down simple. Peter and, and Rob, uh, the co-trainer, shows up every single week, you know, walking people through the market, mindset lessons, strategy lessons. They model the strategies, right? Say, hey, this is what we teach. Here's me implementing it in life so people can clearly see that it works. They don't have to believe in on faith. They can see it with their own eyes. And then they can model or copy what we do, right, if they want to. Um, but still, we teach them what we do. Now, with that being said, I know there's a statistic running around that 80% of tra traders fail or 90% of traders fail, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so I don't know if that's true. No one's ever showed me any documentation to prove that. But let's assume it is true, right? And even from surveying people in the general world or going to forums outside of our coaching program, you know, I read online and for what I can tell in the general investing world, more people fail than succeed with options. Right? Said another way, there are more crashed and burned option trading stories in rags of riches. And I'm pause here because think about that. Have you ever heard that in any sales video? <laughs> right? But let's consider that to be truth. It's not truth in our members there, but from a general sense, yeah, look at the world. There's only 3% of the people are wealthy. 90% of people fail when it comes to money, right? Those are just statistics, right? You get to choose whether you want to be a part of the 3% though. And so here are five areas that I've noticed as a coach that holds people back from experiencing success as an obstetrator. The first one is bigotry. This is one I suffer with in the beginning. Um uh, a bigot is someone who's intolerant towards other people's viewpoints. They are dogmatic in the way they think. You know, it's hard getting them to uh, think a different way. They have their mind made up, right? And so uh, my bigotry was towards bond hold, and it was towards uh, something called option selling. When it comes to trading options, you can either buy options or sell options. There's two different camps, right? So I had a buddy who was learning about option selling. He was telling me, oh, you got to learn about selling options, and and I asked him, hey, you know, tell me a little bit about it. And then he told me about it. I'm like, that's dumb. Like, why would I do that? My profit is capped, right? I only can make $500 selling this put. Like, why would I do that? Like, I'm making, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm getting cash, 
but I'm paying 500 for my call options and I'm doubling and tripling my money at the time when I was doing this, right? So it didn't make sense to me. I was like, I'm making 1500 for every call I make and you're telling me I should lower my money, the profit I make by selling options. It made zero sense to me, right? But I was a bigot. I was like, ah, option selling doesn't make any sense. And I used to poo-poo and make fun of option sellers because I was making way more buying options, right? But that was bigotry. And then eventually, it, it took him five years. That's what dogmatic I was in my thinking. It took him five years of working on me, and that shows his persistence level, right? Before I finally opened up to selling options, and now I love it. I'm like, oh, cool. This is really great, consistent income. Like It just rounded out my portfolio, and it actually increased my performance overall, because now I do both. I buy options and sell options, so I make more money. But being a bigot helped me back. I was failing as a trader because I wasn't making what I could make. So that's one area I've noticed. Another one is lack of accountability. This one I just added in based on something Peter was saying. This is, I've experienced this, I experienced this last year in the bear market of 2022. Lack of accountability. Peter and his model account, bear market fell about 20%. He only lost 3% because he was strictly following the blueprint. But in his personal account, no one was watching it, right? He could do what he wanted to do. That lack of accountability is what caused him to be greedy. Same here. I stopped modeling case studies at the end of 2021, 2022. I was like, huh, for the first time in about 10 years, no one's watching inside my account. I can do different things. And I got a little bit aggressive. We reorganized some things, gave money to family. It just got all messy, right? Because nobody was watching me. So that lack of accountability caused me to make some mistakes and lose more money than I should have been. So that's another reason people fail. Uh, a tragic story is I had a guy who was a real estate investor, made a hundred grand as a real estate investor, started trading options with it, wound up losing it all, right? Just didn't follow any risk parameters, just went completely greedy, started gambling. And he emailed me. He was like, hey, you know, I didn't follow the template like you all said. I lost all this money. And the last line broke my heart. He's like, now I had to try to tell my wife. I'm like, what? Your wife didn't even know? Like, you didn't tell her what you were doing? Like, if he had told her, I guarantee you he wouldn't have lost that much money. But the lack of accountability is people don't have accountability partners to hold them and keep them in check. And so that's one of the reasons uh, they fail. Next up here, I have, and I'll be quick because I don't want to run over my time here. Uh, this one is, I call it belief in the boogeyman, right? This is generally, we, we don't get this too much from people who join our programs because we try to do, we try to filter these people out. But these are people who've been scammed before and they're generally distrustful, right? They're all, always looking for something to go wrong. It's like they're always looking for you to act out of integrity always looking for the strategy not to work, right? Our strategies work over the long term. We might lose money in a two-month period. And they'd be like, I knew this was crap. This doesn't work. You said this strategy is a 3X growth strategy. It's lost money for two months. And then they're like, okay. And then they want to Is I don't know. It's like they're looking for something to go wrong. It's like they have zero faith. And so those type of people generally never succeed. It's like they have no... It's nothing positive about it. And they're just generally looking for it not to work. It's a lack of belief, right? And that's a faulty belief system. They they don't believe there's honest people out there. They don't believe that you can really succeed as an investor. So they have some kind of a faulty belief system, right? And faulty belief system was one of my other bullet points. I'm going to tie those two in together. Uh, the belief in the boogeyman ties up with the faulty belief system. Last two and a half here is the profit delay. Uh, this one is tough because if you come from a 
in my experience, people who are business owners or people who are used to working on commission, they do better as investors because they're used to inconsistent income. People who come from the corporate world struggle with uh, learning how to trade options because you might work for an entire year for free. You work for free for an entire year before you get paid, right? And that's difficult for people coming from the corporate world. The corporate world, you show up, you get a paycheck, it's steady a paycheck. It's like every time I action, I get a result. I get a cookie, right? You get a reward. Well, when you're being a full-time trader or learning how to invest your own money, that's not the case. You might put in a lot of effort up front, learning it, then implementing it, then working through your mistakes. It might be a good year before you see the results. That profit delay really messes up with people's heads because they're looking at it. They're like, I did all of this work and I didn't make any money. If I had just got a second job, I would have made more money than what I did here trying to learn options. And that is a tragic mistake in thinking because the upside potential of being a full-time investor is higher than what you would get at a job. But that profit delay is really hard for people who have been trained their entire life. If I do work, I get money. It's not like that with investing. You do a lot of work up front before you reap the, the rewards of your effort. All right. Second to last one here. Life getting in this one is generally quick. Aging parents, people get in accidents, uh, people's spouses pass away, kids pass away. It's tragic stuff that happens. Life gets in the way. And you know when you're dealing with a lot of stress in your personal life, divorce, right? Moving, it's hard to focus on making money and studying, training, right? It's just this last thing on you put it at the bottom of your list, uh, right? So my brother had a stroke, mom passed away. I mean, all kinds of different things. Like I wasn't like I put tr trading, kind of well, we live off our income, so I always have to keep it kind of high up on the list. But when I was going to my stepdad's funeral, I was like, I wasn't thinking about my trading account, right? I was trying to be focused and present on the family. I have a, a, my, one of my best friends, he's caring for his uh, aunt who has, I want to say dementia. Um, and I mean, he, he, it's hard for him to focus on. I'm like, dude, did you, did you sell your cover call this week? No, my aunt, you know, she had trouble getting dressed. And it's like, he's got so much going on. He has trouble finding the time to manage his money. And that's life getting in the way. Last one here, and I'm just slightly over my time here, is uh, this one is kind of morbid, but is lack of a death commitment. <laughs> and what I mean by that, I'm not saying you need one, but I'm telling you why I feel is one of the reasons I succeeded is because I made a death commitment. And it's because I grew up American poor and I made a commitment that I want to be rich. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be rich or die trying. There wasn't, I mean, failure wasn't even, even I, it didn't even consider that I would fail. It was like, no, I am going to learn how to get rich or I'm going to die trying. And no matter how many times I stumble, I fail and get that is really no sense of failures, learning experiences, right? If if I get scammed, guess what? I move to the next mentor, you know, I'm keep trying all this different stuff. I had just made a commitment. I'm just going to keep trying a bunch of different stuff until I wind up succeeding. So I found it no surprise that I wound up succeeding because it was a death commitment. It was like, hey, I'm going to do this or die trying, period, end of story, right? And so I don't think a lot of people, you don't need a death commitment, but you do need a commitment. And I'm pretty sure the people who failed are not committed. They, they maybe think they want to try out trading. They want to see if it can work, right? They want to dip their toes in the water, but that you're not going to succeed. You, you have to commit. You have to be like, look, I'm going to give this my all 
for one, three, four, five years, however long it takes till I succeed, right? And so that's what it's in for people who don't have that commitment. They generally do not succeed. So with that, sorry for running over a bit, but that, that's all I have. That was really good. Well, so much you, more buddy. prepared than me. <laughs> no, no, no. We both had the same thing. I, we just went two different directions, but I'm glad because I was like, oh, yeah, when you started, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I could have talked about why I failed. Um, yeah, I was thinking I'm, I'm always having my coach's hat on. So I was thinking, what have I noticed across the board with all of our clients and students? Like when we surveyed them, like, well, I haven't surveyed in a while, maybe two years ago. I'm like, did you make money? Most people say, yeah. And then people who don't, I was like, all right, why not? When they email back the reasons, it usually falls in here. Most of it is life getting away. Yeah. So, yeah. Huh. You know, I, that's something I definitely have to do for our students. I haven't surveyed them, so I should survey them this year. Well, it's just Plus, we just option wealth academy is what? It's still a baby, buddy. It's only it is. <laughs> 13 months old. Uh, or, yeah. Well, technically, I think we launched it in the end of November, December timeframe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, so it's, yeah, it's like it takes a while. 12, 13 months old. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah, that's why I said about two years. I I wouldn't do it every year. I was like, ah, eh, it was about every two year thing. Because people people will drop off. And like, ah, oh, me and my wife. Like, I had one of our success stories. Remember the Hall of Fame I used to have? Yeah, yeah. One of the guys in there, he was successful and he dropped off. And then I was like, what happened to you? He's like, oh, me and my wife got a divorce. That's what I'm talking about. Life gets in the way. Like, dude was making money as a he was successful. He got hit with a divorce and he just. Fell off the face of the earth for a while. And then he finally, at once he got situated in his life, you know, you know, he started picking back up trading. But see, that had not, uh, he was successful, but guess what? He got hit by life. And that's what I mean. That's why I was like, give it two years. Just, a lot of stuff happens in a year. So just give it about two yeah. years. So, yeah. Sure. All right. Well, good stuff. And uh, I don't have anything else. So, um, no. We see will. Next. Yeah, we will see you guys in uh, next week's episode, which we are going to cover return on investment. That was the one we <laughs> were going to cover uh, in episode 11, but we switched it around. So we'll cover return on investments. And then, yeah, I didn't think about that, Travis. We got to start covering some of the things we talk about, like cash secured puts and all that. So people aren't in the in the dark. So anyway. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys next week. All right. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Options Millionaire Podcast. Be sure to join us each week as we dive into all the tools and techniques we use to become seven-figure traders. For more information and a copy of our show notes, head to www.optionswealthacademy.com.